This is the day the Lord has made. Aren't you glad? You know, the Bible says in Romans 8, 31. So what do you think with God on our side? How can we lose? I like it in the message Bible with God on our side. How can we lose? Now, you know, there may be a lot of things against you, but if God is on your side, you can talk back to the devil. If God's on your side, he's backing you up. You know, it's like you ever seen those those uh, uh, shows and the you know, the little little brother will come out and, you know, say something real smart to the big boy in town and his big brother standing behind him. So he doesn't mind talking. Well, yeah, that's why you can talk back to the devil because God's on your side. Hallelujah. Now, this, it's the first. This is the first time you've been in one of our services. We don't like silence unless we're silent. <laughs> now, if we're silent, then you can be silent. If we're, so, you know, but you, if know, we're you sing. Silent, there's something you know, about. Then uh, we want some chatter. Well, you know, because faith God's shows people, up. We said we're, we're full of God. We're full of him. How can we not help? But somebody just have to tell us to shut up. What is wrong with you? Well, nothing's wrong with me. I'm full of the life of God. I'm, I'm revived on the inside. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is within me. I have something to talk about. And really, you know, faith shows up first in your heart and in your mouth. What I mean is when you come together for worship, we're all just so thrilled. I mean, I mean, over, you know, if nothing else, this is my story. This is my song. Yeah. Praising my Savior all Amen. the day long. And then you just get thrilled with it. And you all come together like this, y'all. Y'all come together like this. And you're just, oh, boy, we're just like a, it's like sparks are flying. Because you're all sparking off of one another. We're like, woo-hoo, okay. Yeah. In Hebrews 10, when he talked about having some hard times and, you know, ma- making sure you don't quit, making sure you stay steadfast, he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Oh, the one thing he talks about is the importance of when we join together. He said, there may be a lot of things you lose in life, but don't lose your faithfulness to the people of God. Because when you do, if you'll just show up, something will happen. Something will pop up if you'll show up. But he goes on to say in Romans 8, 31, I love the rest of this in the Message Bible. If God did not, you know, the King James says he did not withhold or or, uh, his own son. uh, He did not spare his own son. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? The, The Message Bible says if God didn't hesitate, I like that. If God didn't hesitate, you know, he didn't have to think twice about it. You know, he didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Who would dare even tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? I like that. Hallelujah. Who would even point a finger? The one who died for us, who raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Now, you may have known what Jesus did when he walked on this earth. You may know all about his death, burial, and resurrection. But did you know what he's doing today? The Bible says he is in the presence of God. The Bible says he's interceding for you. He's sticking up for you. He's in the presence of God, not looking for a reason, you know, to to condemn you, but looking for a reason to support you. Amen. 
Isn't that good news? You say, I wonder what Jesus is doing today. He is on your side in the presence of God saying, Lord, he's saying, Father God, you see my friend Bill down there? You see my servant Sarah down there? I just speak prosperity to her. I speak healing to her. I speak wholeness to her. I speak freedom and deliverance from all the power of Satan to her. And I'm up here to enforce what I'm saying. Glory to God. So those are the kind of things that makes you want to praise God. Somebody asked us recently, would you just give us, teach, come and teach us on praise and worship? And, and I, I told Cindy, I said, I said, we don't normally do that. You know, really? No, we just kind of do it. <laughs> yeah, really. See, we can teach you. On, what do you mean teach on praise and worship? You need to raise your hands. Hallel and you can, from, and you know, you know, you can actually sing in tongues and you can, would you like us to show you that you can actually dance and you know, would you, or would you like us to give the reason why you want to sing, shout and dance? You know, I found out if you know why you'll figure out how. <laughs> I mean, that's just with life. Ooh, glory to God. I mean, that's so I woke up. In the, in you know, you need a job to put food on the table. You'll figure out how to get one. If you know you can't eat, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? just depends on what the motivation is. Is your so motivation this is a... strong enough? You know, with, I was praying for that child, and, and I just keep getting the scripture that comes back to me right now. I'd like to act on it right now. It said, and the church prayed for Peter. When he was in jail, when yes. Was in I jail. thought about that. Actually, when we were praying in here, we prayed in here while you were out there. Oh, did you really? Yes, we did. Okay, well, that's what I was wanting to do. I was wanting to make sure that... That we did that because when 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 we when the when we, I was sitting there I thought oh the jail broke it broke loose he broke he he got free the angel came to the prison and because the church the chains fell prayed. off and he put on his sandals and walked out people don't understand Christians I'll tell you why it really really bugs people who don't love one another really bugs them we bugged them you don't even have to do anything except just be a Christian and it bugs people. But especially if you're a happy Christian, that sometimes bugs Christians. Yeah. Well, you that's know, the truth. Bug me. Why are you happy? Well, excuse me. I thought, I thought you were supposed to be too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they don't understand that we care more about their freedom than they do. Oh, it's true. They don't understand people like that. They never will unless they make Christ for they don't, they don't get that we care more we care more for them than they even do because that's us that's the heart of our father it says have interest for others more than your own I don't know why we don't hear a lot of preaching on that <laughs> but it's really good <laughs> have interest for others more than your own yeah but you don't know what I've got no no the Bible says have interest for others more than your own <laughs> And the world doesn't understand people like that. They think we are strange. Except, you know, when it comes to a hurricane and then everybody wants to get in on it because they feel sorry for everybody. But actually, that's the way we walk all the time. I'm glad they do because they want to feel like they're doing something good. You know, like celebrities want to say, well, I want to, you know, I want to help save and conserve, you know, the fish in the sea. Or I want to help conserve, you know, help orphanages. And that's great. But they feel like that that's redemption. You understand what I'm saying? That's their redemption. But no, we do things like that because we are redeemed. Our redemption doesn't come from that. We do it because we're redeemed. That's our nature. 
But we don't do it because we feel like that's a way we can get something and we feel better about ourselves because of all the sin in our life. <laughs> it balances out, you know. Because <laughs> we're so crummy, we do almost pornography movies now if you watch them. You know, <laughs> even PG-13 or pornography. But that helps us to feel better about ourselves because how we're making our money. You understand what I'm saying? But if you're a believer, no, we, we care about them long before that. Long before that. Oh, glory to God. And because we do, when it says, you know, shout to the Lord in the voice of triumph, we don't really, you know, we're not thinking about how our neighbor may think of us. Will, will my neighbor think I'm a fanatic? We don't even care. We're like, ha! And then what happens is that shout. I was at a meeting Friday night, and we were running around the church about 10,000 times. And Patsy Bierman, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Caminetti. now. But she was running alongside me. When she came up beside me, she just went, wah! And that shout went into my gut and set me free. Because I've been spending a lot of time with Mama Hagen and, you know, going home to be the Lord. And when she shouted at me, it went straight through my gut. And I went, and then I went, well, this is different. And I ran differently the next seven laps. My first seven, I was just running by faith. But my second seven, I was going... (laughs) I'm not the only one running. You, you got to get these men out of the way so the women can run. You know, the men are like, men, they're taking off like rockets. Well, we were on one service one time, and the, the man was, was sitting there, and the wife was sitting beside her holding the baby, and she looked down at him. She said, well, if you're not going to run, at least hold, hold the baby. baby. <laughs> well, that'd make a good name for a tape. People buy it or a CD just to see what was on it. If but you can't know, run, hold the baby. But listen, see, but if there was no expression of a demonstration of the Holy Spirit, there's no power. Now, there's power in the Word, but I'm talking about taking, let's use everything. Let's, hey, let's, if we're, hey, if we're full gospel believers, let's believe it all, live it, let's use it all. You understand what I'm saying? Like, hey, I work for a job, you know, I get benefits, you know, we get our, we get our insurance, and we call in, something's not right, our secretary calls in and says, no, wait a minute, we're, we're you know, we, we got this. <laughs> so we want to use this benefit. You stop talking to people who know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> you know, let's use it all. Yeah, but I didn't need that then. No, but you need it now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you stifle the Spirit of God, the power of God when you stifle the Spirit of God. So I'm setting up for tonight. We're going to have a Holy Ghost meeting tonight. You said, well, the only thing, what, the only thing you cannot do as a Holy Ghost meeting is nothing. You understand? <laughs> That's the only thing you cannot do. We always do. tell people, do something <laughs> and so Holy you Ghost won't meeting. do nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> you say, well, I'm, I'm bringing some friends back. What are they going to think? Oh, listen. I, That's not your. They don't even worry about that. You'd be surprised no. what someone will think of you when their when their bondage gives way to liberty. You'd be surprised how, how glad they are to have a friend who really actually, where they can experience the, the real freedom that comes from the Spirit of God. Amen? Oh, so I, I got up in the middle of the night and I... Listen, you act, we're acting like here, like we're going to act in the new building. That's right. You know... I'm just, you know... <laughs> I mean, the river day I'm talking about, you know, we just act in here like we act in the new building. Now, don't move in that new building and get all quiet on us. Because that's going to be more room. To... Right. Running room. Some of you men might need to roll so we can pick up the money out of your pockets. I want all the rich men to roll. Hallelujah. 
It's a good okay. day, isn't it? Isn't this a great day? He's alive, so guess what that means? We're alive. Amen. Say, he's alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Full of his power. Full of his power. Full of his life. Full of his life. Death conquering life. Death conquering life. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Okay. So I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 19, if you would. And uh, we're really going to see the principle. You know, if you're going to do... If you're going to do the will of God, you're going to have to be someone who says, I will not give up. And if you don't get that clear in your mind, it doesn't matter how much you know, doesn't matter how much you have, you will be someone who will uh, uh, end up with something very minor that will cause you to quit in life. You have to make the decision before you ever have the difficulty. Do you understand? In other words, you live your life from the end. Uh, you've already, you've already, the, the, the end is already in sight. Now you're just living out the rest of it. You're not, you're not trying to progress towards something. You're already in something and you just move from that place. But in Luke chapter 19, um, there's a story uh, 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 that you may be familiar with. It's a wonderful story. I, I, I'll just read it to you in, in starting in verse 1, Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And I actually just means he was a a tax collector and uh, he was a a very well-known tax collector. Hang on. I'm trying to find this other one here. I want to read this other translation, but I got to find my Bible here. My computer Bible. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it it goes in a direction I don't want it to go. Okay. And he, and he sought to see who Jesus was. He was chief among the publicans and he was rich. Jesus liked to talk about rich people. And he sought to see who Jesus was and could not for the press because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place... He looked up and he saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at your house. Hallelujah. You may have heard this story before, maybe in Sunday school. Maybe you've never heard it. It's a a story of a man. Uh, We used to sing a song in Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Everybody knew Zacchaeus was short. And actually, uh, Zacchaeus as a short Rich person was, uh, it wouldn't have necessarily been someone that you would have thought would have been running to climb up in a tree to see who Jesus was. He wasn't sick. He wasn't poor. It didn't look like he had any reason to be that aggressive in his life. But yet there was a, I believe Zacchaeus had come to a day of decision. And at what he would do at that point in life, you know, Jesus was passing through Jericho. And actually, if you'll read Bible commentaries, it will tell you this was his last time through Jericho. This was his last time. He was on his way to the cross. He wasn't coming this way again. And uh, there was something that moved in Zacchaeus. And let me tell you something. When God begins to move in you, I can tell you God is on the move. 
But you've got to respond to that move. You can't sit back and just try to evaluate it. You just respond to it. I can, I will guarantee you Zacchaeus did not understand why he was moving. But there was a plan from heaven and God was on the move and Zacchaeus started moving with him. In fact, it says that Zacchaeus, I, really, I, I, if you turn over to Mark chapter 5, uh, you, you'll read another very familiar story. And in Mark chapter 5, verse uh, 24, it talks to you about a certain woman, or verse 25. And it says, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. I mean, that's a mouthful right there, isn't it? She'd suffered. She didn't just suffer a lot. She suffered many things, many physicians. She suffered a lot. She spent all that she had, and she was getting worse. Now, some people would just stop right there. But the Bible says that she heard of Jesus. And it, I like what it says in verse 27. It says, she came in behind the press and touched his garment. In other words, she came through the crowd. One translation says, she found a way through the crowd. Zacchaeus was short, but he found a way through the crowd. Now, listen to me. You say, well, if God wants me, wants to do something in my life, he'll just do it. No, you're going to have to find a way through the crowd. You're going to have to say, no, I'm not giving up here. I'm moving there. And you say, how are you going to do that? Amen. You say, how are you going to do that? The same way they did it by faith. Listen, don't give up. Your faith will put you on the move. Listen, your faith will put you on the move. You say, but I don't understand this move. See, Zacchaeus didn't quite understand his move, but he moved anyway. Glory to God. And Zacchaeus, I mean, he didn't know this was the last time through, through Jericho. He did not know that, but God knew it. And God moved in Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus moved. That's faith. That's faith. And you can literally, you say, well, I'm just waiting for God to move me. No, no, listen, faith does move God. But listen, faith also moves you. Listen, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, listen, when it went on and you read the rest of the story, I think I will. It says, if I may touch but his clothes, I will be made whole in verse 28. And straightway or immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power or anointing had gone out of him, turned around in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you're asking who touched you? But verse 32 tells you the whole key to the story. And he looked around about to see her who had done this thing. Who did this thing? She did. Who did this thing? She did this thing. Faith attracts the power of God. Faith attracts the power of God. She went through the crowd. She, number one, don't give up. Don't stop. Don't give up. Get up 
and she moved through the crowd. Was it easy for her to move through the crowd? No, but I believe, I, I believe that she thought within herself, I'd rather, you know how they say, some cowboys say, I'd rather die with my boots on. You know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die moving. I'm not gonna die sitting. I'm ready to go. You understand what I'm saying? I'm on the move. I'm telling you, God's on the move in this hour. And he's moving in people who are getting up. You say he's only moving in people who got, you know, got it all together. No, he's moving in people who shout on the road when Jesus walks by. He's moving in people. We don't even know her name in Mark chapter 5. She's just known as the woman with the issue of blood. We don't even know her name. But any good preacher worth his salt knows the story of the woman with the issue of blood. In fact, God, uh, Jesus told Brother Hagen, he's got a little book. He said, the Lord told him that anybody can get anything, anytime from God if they'll do just what she did. We don't even know her name. You say, I'm nobody and nobody knows who I am. You know, you don't have to be. You can be anybody and move with faith in God. She, he looked around. I think one translation said he scanned the crowd to see who had made contact. You say, I bet you, now listen, after, after I can tell you when she started pushing through that crowd, we know her condition. She suffered many things. She was, she'd lost all she had and she was getting worse. That was her condition when she moved through that crowd. You say, well, I'd move if I felt better. If you move, you'll feel better. You say, well, I'll move. You know, if I felt better, I'd move. No, if you move, you'll feel better. See, you move in faith and you'll feel better. Feelings don't produce faith, but faith will produce some pretty good feelings. Hallelujah. Oh, don't you love the word of God? So let me get back to Zacchaeus here real quick. So in Luke chapter 19, so I woke up in the middle of the night and I just saw, I, you know, because I'd read before about the woman with the issue of blood and I'd read Zacchaeus and I realized and I thought, wait a minute, they both went through a crowd. And I thought, man, these are both stories that stick out in the teachings of Jesus. And they both went through a crowd. And I heard, you don't want to give up. You got to get up. Why? Because you got to get somewhere. You got somewhere to get. You're not just some, you know, running with a chicken like with your head cut off. You're on a destination. You got somewhere to go. You say, do you really? Oh, yeah. Faith attracts the power of God and it connects you with the plan of God. That's what faith does. It attracts the power of God and it connects you with the plan of God. Watch this now in Luke chapter 19. And so uh, speaking uh, once again about Zacchaeus, it says uh, in verse uh, verse 4, he ran before talking about the crowd. He was too short to see, but he was not too small to run. Listen, don't give up. You could put underneath that. Quit. Hang on a minute. I'm going to read it to you because I'm going to read it just like I use what you have and quit looking at what you don't have. Use what you have. Zacchaeus was too short, but he could run and climb a tree. The woman with the issue of blood had lost everything she had and she was getting worse, but she reached through the crowd and in faith took a hold of the power of God. Use what you say. How do you not give up? You know, because you really cannot establish your life on a negative. And the only way to not give up 
You can't establish, you know. So when I was writing that, I thought, well, you know, you can't establish your life on a negative. But at the same thing, uh, at the same point, if you have the right understanding of the negative, it'll lead you to a positive. Don't give up. Use what you, how do you not give up? Use what you have and quit looking at what you don't have. Use what you have. You see, people who give up, they always forget about what they have. They're looking at what they don't have. That's why they give up because they're looking at what they don't have. No, no, don't give up. Use what you have. Use what you have. Bartimaeus was blind, but he had a voice and he began to shout. The woman with the issue of blood was suffering and she was poor, but she reached through the crowd. She reached through the crowd. Zacchaeus was short, but he climbed a tree. Hallelujah. David was young, but he talked back to Goliath. Glory to God. And so, so use what you have. Don't give up. Use what you have. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. This will give you your word. He's speaking to the church here after he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even much more the so as you, as you see the day approaching. He's saying, you know, don't, don't, don't look. And he was talking to people in Hebrews who had lost a lot and they had suffered a lot. In fact, they were really weary. And he said, no, don't forsake the plan of God. When he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, he's literally telling them, don't forsake the plan of God. God's got a plan for this hour and don't forsake the plan of God. Stay hooked up with the plan of God. And he said in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The message Bible says, we're not quitters who lose out. No, we stay with it, sir, and we stay with it and survive, trusting or believing all the way. Glory to God. You know, when he wrote this verse, you know, uh, uh, you know, in Hebrews 10, 39, I think verse 38 is, uh, it says, you know, for, for uh, something about faith. What does it say? Uh, faith. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll read it in this word church. I'll look it up. He says, uh, he says, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Listen, he didn't write those verses to people who, who were just, you know, swing, you know, just swinging through life on a, living in a flowery bed of ease and had no difficulties. He wrote those, those, those words to people who had many of them lost everything they had for the cause of Christ. Many family and friends and neighbors had been killed and, and they were being oppressed and persecuted. And he said, don't forsake the plan of God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, you just get a, you just, you know, you just, I'm telling you, you just die with your boots on. You know what I mean? We never quit. Everybody say, I'll never quit. Never quit. So don't, don't give up. You say, how are you going to do that? Use what you have. Number two, look at here in Luke chapter, go back to Luke chapter 19. And so this is what happened now. It says, uh, uh, he ran before verse four. I'm kind of flipping around here, but you know, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And he climbed up into a sycamore tree. I'm sick of mine. Are you sick of yours? Into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. So. Number uh, number two, you don't want to give up. You think I got points? Well, here I go. Number two, show up and you will go up. Hey, that's good. 
Number one, don't give up. Use what you have. Number two, show up and you will go up. So Zacchaeus said, I think I'll show up where Jesus is supposed to pass by. I'm just going to show up. And if you show up, I guarantee you, you'll go up. Because you can't connect with the plan of God without it bringing your life to a higher level. In fact, it says uh, faith will always cause you to move into a place of greater glory. And in verse 5, it says, and when Jesus, look at this in verse 5. Look at this. When Jesus came to the place. It doesn't say a place. It says the place. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up. I'm telling you, if you'll show up, you'll go up and Jesus will look you up. He said he looked up and he saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste. He said, get up, brother. Come on down for today. I must abide at your house. Now, Jesus just said a mouthful right there. Jesus looked at Zacchaeus who a short man had run through the crowd and climbed up into a tree and said, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go up and I'm going to use what I have and I'm going to show up. And when he did, Jesus looked up and it says he came to the place. And I, and that word actually in the Greek, it's the word where he says, uh, uh, I, uh, I, today I must abide at your house. Does that sound like a, almost a command? It doesn't sound like, you know, maybe I'll, you know, maybe, you know, it could happen. It sounds like a, more of an appointment, not an accident, doesn't it? In the Greek, it means it is determined and appointed that I go to your house. I believe in the message in other translations like the uh, Amplified Bible, it says, uh, the Amplified Bible says, today I must stay at your house. I must stay at your house. In other words, this is an appointment. And as he showed up and got into the place that Jesus was passing by, he connected with the appointed plan of God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, your life is bigger than just your four and no more. And it says, uh, it says it's determined or appointed that I go to your house. And actually, in Hebrews chapter 11, as we get back over to where he's talking to those people who won't quit, and so they have faith that is the substance of things hoped for, he says in verse 6, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, how many of you know that Jesus found the place When he looked up and he said, today it is determined and appointed that I go to your house. How many of you know that you got the same place by faith? How many of you, listen, this, I looked up this word. This is, if this don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Somebody strike a match and believe God like Elijah. Listen, Hebrews 11, 6, he says this. You can take that if you want. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. I looked up that word without In the Greek, and you know what it means? A place, a space, a territory, a location. He said, get in the place of faith. That's where you please God. It's not just the amount. You're looking at what you don't have. I don't have enough faith to do that. You're looking at what you don't have. That's what will make you give up. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you do have and get up and show up and go up and you'll get in the place and Jesus will look you up. And honey, I got news for you. When you get where Jesus is, it don't really matter where else you've been. Glory to God, I'm here to testify. He can make dead bones come alive. Hallelujah.
grace, faith. It is, it is, uh, it can grow. There is, it is measurable. That's the word I'm looking for, but it's more than measurable. It's a place. And when you show up, oh, glory to God. And you say, well, what happens? You say, what are you trying to tell me? I'm telling you that when you're in faith, you're going to move somewhere. You got to be on the move and you move with what you have. And if you'll move with what you have, You'll get what you need. If you'll move with what you have, what you need will be brought to you. And that's exactly what happened with Jesus, with Zacchaeus. Because it says he looked up and he said, today I must go to your house. If you'll just move with what you have. It says in, uh, 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 I won't won't read that to you right now. uh, uh, Let me read it. I sound like I, I sound like you need to. I sound like I'm a scratch CD, don't I? I'm doing that on purpose. No, look at this. Jesus came to the place. He looked up and he saw him. He came to the place. Don't you know Jesus is just walking along? And how many of y'all know that Jericho? How many of y'all remember the story of Jericho? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. What did he do? He went in Jericho was the first city they took when they went and moved over into the place God had called them to. And they moved into that place. They had to move. You understand? They had to get up. They're living in the desert however many years watching everybody in their family die. Get up with a vision that was not dead, with a plan that was not dead, and move into the place. That God had, that was faith. Do you understand? And when they moved in, the first thing they had to do was conquer Jericho. And here we come back to Jericho once again. And really, Jericho was not, was a cursed place. I mean, God told him, he said, don't rebuild that city. If anybody rebuilds it, they're cursed. Jesus, though, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, bore our sins, carried our curse, became a curse, and he walked right into a place, a cursed place, with a divinely appointed plan from heaven. You know, I just had this thought. This is Presbyterian church. I'm telling you, you're doing pretty good for a Lutheran church. You know... I tell you what, I wonder, I've had the thought, because I know, just like the woman with the issue of blood. Would somebody just shout me down one day? Just one day. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. This is a twofer, isn't it? Some of y'all saying, I'll just take one, thank you. But like the one with the issue of blood, there was a crowd there that day. I don't know, there probably were other sick people there that day. You say, well, if Jesus would just reach out and touch me. No, she reached out and touched him. She reached out and touched him. Do you understand? And, you know, I just know that anyone, you know, uh, if if without faith it's impossible to please God, with faith, you please God. Anybody can have faith in God. Anybody. Because you use what you have. Not what you don't have. You use what you have. You give what you have. You do what you can. Maybe you can't run, but maybe you can shout. Maybe you can't give a hundred, but maybe you can give ten. It's not, you don't, faith, you give, you do, you say what you know. You say, but there's so much I don't know. But what do you know? Say what you know. I mean, talk back to the devil. I bet David, when he was a young, you know, formerly shepherd boy, and he met Goliath, he, there's a, probably a lot of things he didn't know. But he said what he knew. And when he said what he knew, 
the giant's head came down. And he connected with the power of God. And he positioned himself for the place that God had called him to. That's what faith does. You get it? You don't want it. You don't want to give up. You want to go up. You want. You don't want to. Uh, so, so then you want to. Uh, you want to show up, and you want to something else up. I forget what it was, but it's all up, isn't it? Uh, somebody tell me what it was. Go show up and go up. And then uh, the last thing, Jesus will look you up. The last thing is speak up and think up. In other words, don't talk about the things you want to forget. Speak up and talk up. What did, what, look what happened here at the end of Zacchaeus. Uh, and Zacchaeus, uh, get back over to him in Luke chapter 19. It says in verse, uh, verse 6, it says, And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. That, there's our clue right there. How do you receive when you connect with the, with the, how, how do you act when you connect with the, the place that God has called for you? How do you act when you've gone up and he showed up and he looked you up? Make sure when you come down to meet him, you got some joy, brother. But then that really wasn't my point, but it was good anyway. And when he, and, and when they saw it, they all murmured saying that man has gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. See, there's always somebody that's going to complain. Always. There's always going to be somebody to talk about the things that you don't want to remember anymore. You better find out who you want to hang out with. Because I'm telling you, if all your friends, all they do is talk about the things that you don't want to think about anymore, you will be thinking about them once again. And so Zacchaeus, I love what he did. It says, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord. It's almost like, I don't know what they're saying, but I got something to say. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I will restore him fourfold. You got to speak up. You got to think those things that you know and say those things. And God's working in your life and you connect with the plan of God. You got to get out there and you got to be willing to say what you're believing you got to speak it you you don't have to tell everybody but you need to tell somebody you know you got to tell somebody hey i just want you to know that god's working in me and i want you to know that i have a purpose and a plan and i'm walking forward by faith and i'm not gonna give up i'm gonna show up i'm gonna go up and i'm gonna speak up just got this last night. This is just for you. I never preached this before. You can ask him. Have I ever preached this before? This is just for you. I mean, you know, this is just for you. I could have done something had more notes, but I wouldn't have had anything that I could have spoke better to you. Because the best word you'll hear is the word God saying to you. So you got to, then you got to speak up. In other words, remember what the woman did with the issue of blood and Jesus looked around and he looked to see who had done that thing. And, and then he said, uh, they said that he saw, he was looking to see who'd made contact. And then he said to her, he said, bring her to me. And the Bible says she told the whole thing. 
That's why people in testimony services, you got to hold the mic. Because they'll tell the whole thing. Yeah, really, really. Yeah. In other words, she told the whole story. And I can guarantee you she didn't tell the whole story just about her suffering. She told the story about hearing of Jesus and reaching into the crowd and touching the hem of his garment. And the power of God immediately she felt in her body. She felt in her body immediately. This day is over. 12 years past is not going to be my 12 years future. Somebody hear that. You know what Zacchaeus did? He said, I might have been known as a thief and someone who takes from everyone, but I just want you to know today that I'm no longer a thief. And if I've ever stolen anything, I'm going to give back to them more than I ever took from them. I just want you to know I will not be known as a taker. I am a giver. Giver. And Jesus said, oh, glory to God. Words that many, many missionaries have said from that point on. This day, salvation has come to this house he is also a son of Abraham for the son of man verse 10 is come to seek and to save that which was lost glory to God it was lost but I found it the message Bible said I came to find and restore so those are the words you want to focus on the restoration of God in your life Said, but I lost this. But what has he restored to you? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody go, woo. I'm telling you, that'll stir up your dream. You know, you know the difference between, I mean, you know, I was raised in a Baptist church. You don't think I know how to sit and be quiet? I was raised in a Baptist church. I was raised by a Jewish Baptist. We've sung in many Catholic churches. And but there's Catholic church. He doesn't. The Bible talks about, remember when Paul, uh, or I'm sorry, it wasn't Paul, it was Peter and John, and after they had been, you know, they, they had told them to be quiet, and they had taken them before, and they were, you know, they had had that, that man healed at the beautiful gate, and it just disturbed everybody. We don't, you know, this is, this is just not good. I mean, this is spreading beyond what we thought it could. And so they told them, be quiet, be quiet. In Acts chapter 4, the Bible says they went to their own company, and they lifted up their voice. And they all said, Lord, you hear the threatenings. You hear what they're saying. But Lord, stretch forth your hand to cure and perform signs and wonders in the name of your holy child. They said that. You know why it fell on them is because they said it. There's something about speaking that just opens up the doors of the supernatural. You can, you can mark it down. What you say with you. Listen, if you don't learn to move your mouth, you will never know how to move in faith. It starts with your mouth. You say, but I don't know much. Listen, you're going to give up if you keep thinking that. It's not what you don't know. It's what you do know. It's not what you don't have. It's what you do have. It's not what you can't do. It's what you can do. And if you'll work, if you'll just take that. And begin to apply it to your life. I'll come back here in next year and you will be telling me stories of pushing through the crowd and climbing the tree and meeting with Jesus. I guarantee you say, how do you get stories like that? Don't give up. Use what you have. Show up. Go up. Move up. Speak up. Think up. 
Because I'm telling you, it's looking up in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, thank you. Glory to God. I was sitting, I was sitting in, 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 in my bedroom and, and I heard these, uh, I heard these voices and immediately, you know, you, you can kind of tell who, who it is. I heard these voices. Oh, you'll never fulfill your dream. Why don't you just give up? All those things you've been writing to your partners about, that ain't going to come to pass. Why don't you just, you know, shut up and settle for less and just be mediocre. And I will don't, say, if don't you give up, you that's will what, shut up. Those are the words I heard. Don't even, don't even stretch. I mean, that's a big stretch. And, you know, poverty's coming to the nations. And, you know, and they're trying to, we have to take care of the poor. We have to take care of everybody's healing and take care of the doctors. And, taking it, and you know, it's going to throw us into a two-class system, rich and poor, which it will happen one day. But, of course, we won't be. Those who are walking in the light will be all right. Brother Hagin said that so many times. Those who are walking in the light will be all right. Why do you think we're preaching faith so strong to you? Why do you think he taught it? Why do you think every major generation had someone that God raised up, ooh, saved by faith? Everything. Hudson major... Taylor, the man who went to China, the first Christian, the missionary that went to China, that opened up China to the gospel. You know, the words that he heard that changed his life was the words that Jesus uttered on the cross. It is finished. And he put his faith in the finished work of God in Christ and went to China as a missionary. Had nobody, had no mailing list, had no way to be supported. So you know what he did every day? The Lord, this was an idea that the Lord gave him now. Every day at the end of the day, whatever money he had left, he'd give it away. And he'd just start off every day with zero in the natural, everything by faith in God. I was, you know, that I'm not telling you, don't, I'm not telling you to do that. The the principle is what I want you to get. Doesn't matter what you have. You know, it doesn't matter who you trusting in with what you have. Use it. Do what God's got you, called you to do. Find the place. You say, how do I find that place? By faith, by acting in faith. And as you act in faith, it connects you not only with the power of God, but with the plan of God. Amen. And you know, and I thought, no, that's not true. You told us to believe for triple, and there was a reason. Then I hear from the Philippines, can you come? Ireland, can you come? Germany, can you come? England, can you come? France, again, can you come? Switzerland, please come. Do what you're doing here, what you're doing in Paris. Would you please do it? And I thought, Now, that was you. You're trying to make me stop. You're a liar. You're trying to kill that dream. So that, so that, and then the devil said, well, there's a whole lot of more people more qualified than you. In fact, you're not even a very good teacher. I'm not agreeing with you. You just need to say, it takes takes one to know one. Yeah, really, it takes takes one to know one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But you're, and, and, and. And all, I'm telling you, all these things. She said, you don't have to deal with thoughts. Oh, yeah, we do. Everybody does. Everybody deals with them. I don't care who you have in this pulpit. I don't care who you see on TV. I don't care how together they look. They still have to take a shower to keep from stinking. And, that, I mean, and you don't know. Hey, listen, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know everything about those people. They may have failed. And you're putting them way up here. 
And then if you found out about their failure, for some reason you don't like them anymore. Because Who made you put them up here? You don't put people up here. Don't put us up here. No one can handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> Brother Hagen even said that if man started looking at him too much, he couldn't stay. Yep, it's true. You know, well, they really got it. They're really good. They really. I've heard people say that, you know, and I just, I go, no, it's, it's just faith and obedience. We didn't stop when it got hard. And so, and you hear those lies. Everybody hears things. You know, you're not this. You're not married. You're not. My mother said, it's okay not to be married. <laughs> but you use what you, you, you have. Want to be <laughs> you use what you have and don't dwell on what you don't have. <laughs> A friend of mine came. She'd been through a horrible divorce. She said, you're okay. <laughs> then another lady came in and she had a great marriage. And she said, uh, Cindy, she said, just hang on to your dog. <laughs> I'm saying people have excuses. You know, you're not this, you're not that. Well, you don't look at the negative. You know, and I was laying there, I was laying there, and I was had my hands crossed, I was laying on the bed, and I was hearing all this stuff. And I thought, get up. Get up beside this bed and start dancing. Got up beside my bed. I thought, oh, it's so good to have triple. It's so good to go to the Philippines. It's so good. Now, I could have said all that other stuff that I heard. I said, oh, it's so good to go back into France. It's so good. See, next year we're taking, uh, we're taking Pastor and Lynette Hagen with us, you know. Pastors oh, Ken and Lynette. Ken and Lynette Hagen with us. Yeah, Pastor Hagen with us. Oh, it's so good to be able to say yes to those people. It is so good to be able oh, this is good. This just feels good. I'm telling you. said, I wasn't, you know, I was just making myself do that. See, I'm not doing anything. I'm not telling you guys anything that I don't do by faith. I make myself. You know, you know, and then I heard, you know, when Mom Hagen, I was just with her, just with her. And they called and they said, well, she's, she left. Boy, and I had to make myself, I had to make myself stop crying and get inside that bed and go, oh, thank God she's in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I hear someone's gone home to be with the Lord, I just have to make myself. I'll cry for him. I'll cry. Because, you know, you'll miss him. But I'm not saying that. You will miss him. You will miss him. You miss people. You know, you miss people. Now, some parents miss their kids when they move out. Some parents go, free at last, free at last, thank God. I mean, it just depends on who you're talking to, you know what I mean? And it's like the civil rights, thank God, I'm free at last, ooh, I'm free. Yeah, you're like, wow, we really had a good relationship. No, they just, we're just free. We can actually walk through the house, the food's there. My clothes are in one place, it's not messy anymore. Anyway, <laughs> and then you get it where they say, we don't want you to move. Stay with us. You know, you're like, well, I, moved, I want to move back in. My mother, she said, huh, you left a long time ago. It ain't no longer your room. I said, but please, it's so much easier there. Okay. <laughs> I know some of you parents are like, right now, a spirit of fear is coming. Don't listen to her, kids. Get out. Get out. Anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, rebuke that spirit of fear because what you fear will come on you. Anyway, and so what we did, I said, no, we're, we're, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And right after, when we were in Paris and there was a great victory there, people from 
all over came leaders of different organizations where we we were trying to go from church to church to church and the lord said i have a better way for you you come in bring those leaders in that didn't even like word of faith because they'll like you because of the music see that was the whole trick because i think gosh i'm not really the teacher lois is the teacher you know we'll sing you know but that was the trick T.L. Osborne looked at us when he took us to lunch and he said, music is God's trick. And you guys got it. That's what brought them in for this end time thing that's happening because all nations, many nations look to Paris to how they, many nations around the world look to Paris on how they, how they operate and how they believe. And he said, go to Paris and do this. Leaders come in. One well-known leader said, you know, I'm, I'm with you now. She and her husband. And they're, they're very famous there. They don't go with anybody. Everybody comes to them. You understand? This is a miracle. You understand what I'm saying? These are like leaders. This would be like the Osteens or somebody, you know, of, of, of Paris. People, they're very well known. And people come from 17, many nations there. And they, have an, and they have an international conference. And to get them to hook up with you is a miracle. They're this, they are this caliber, that couple. And then she comes and she says... We're with you. My husband and I are with you. Then she said this, anything you need, we want to help in this conference. She said, we're going to bring in several of our pastors. Well, we're th- all we're thinking is we got to get faith. We got to get redemption. We got to get joy. We got to get faith. We got to get redemption. We got to get joy. How else can you do it? You hit this leader, boom, they go right down the ranks of all their churches throughout Europe. This is not just the only one. Several. Can you see why the devil's trying to tell us to stop? Not only that, the very week we're there, they had an election. We sang in one of the largest Pentecostal churches in Paris on Sunday after our conference. And I had prophesied on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, I had prophesied. The Lord had showed me when I was laying on my bed. He said, changing of the guards. And I got up and I started prophesying. I said, there's a changing of the guard. Well, I thought it was all spiritual. (laughs) You know, because I'm seeing, you know, Evelyn Roberts, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing all these people, Brother Hagen. I'm saying, I thought, man, this is changing of the guard. Going home, and, and we've got, we've got these guys. We gotta, we gotta bowl them up, bolster these people up, and and so they could one sweep. We gotta, and I'm not talking about. It took time. We've been there since 1989, and we're not the only ones. There were several people. We're just a bitty little bitty part. But I'm think, I gotta think big. I think big. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to help bring a sweeping move of faith to Eastern and Western Europe. Because if you can get people to move in faith, there's nothing the devil can do to stop them. Just like we're doing in the United States of America. I don't know how to not give up. Move in faith. That's why you guys are here. That's why this church is here. That's why you're building that church to make a sweep. You're going to sweep and bring them in. And I don't care if you go there and for six years it's just this bunch sitting in that big auditorium. You act like it's full. You just go, whoa! Better get there, get a seat. Faith. And so the Sunday they had an election. And do you know what happened in this election? Did you find out about it? Did you get our letter yet? Oh, maybe I have it. Um, This election, first time 
France is a socialistic nation. Many of those nations are socialistic. Don't don't believe what they say in, in the news. They're no, they're more democratic than the men. <laughs> anyway, they do vote. But France is known as being a socialist country. They've had a socialist government for many years, but they elected the first conservative president that they've had in over 80 years, and maybe more than that. But I will tell you this: um, this is maybe you, you won't hear this on the news either. The uh, some of the Clinton administration is trying to pattern America after France. Now, you don't know that? What Clinton administration? Some of the, the you know, Clinton, okay? There is no Clinton Well, I'm just saying that's what they were trying there to was. do when they were in office, and that's what they want to pattern that, you know, after France. Praise the Lord, I'm just giving you news. I'm not telling you anything. I'm just telling you what the news is, okay? Just presenting the news. Can't get in trouble for that. All right. Let me read you this, and, and I so, think this will say what she's trying to say. France has been a socialist nation for many years. They just elected the first conservative president he actually is pro-church he's pro-israel and he's pro-america and he with well, the night that they you guys, were that's, a, that's exciting that's a huge this this were these were the huge. Um, this is actually from uh a, Fran- and, a missions and, institute and our pastor brother hank i mean bb hank uh what, what is our pastor's name bob yandian he said he said uh he, we went out and we talked to him about some things and he said i believe that that your group had a part in bringing about this, what happened in, in, in the country of France. Praise God. Consider the possible consequences if we do not see France as a strategic priority for missions. The French birth rate has dropped to 1.9 per couple below the replacement rate. The French government proposes to, uh, now they're trying to reward mothers to have children because if they don't, they said uh, last year they wrote in the Telegraph, the London Telegraph, France is facing the problem that dare not speak its name. Though French law prohibits the census from any reference to ethnic background or religion, many de- demograph- demographers, people who do uh, po- population control things, estimate that as much as 20 to 30 percent of the population under 25 is now Muslim. Given current birth rates, it is not impossible that in 25 years, France will have a Muslim majority. The consequences are dynamic. That secular France might become an Islamic state. It's not only a a possibility, but it it is a concern for souls to to drive us to send missionaries back to France. So the consequences for the nation and indeed the rest of the world... What would happen if France were to become an Islamic state? It would be yet another command post for Islam to propagate its message of hate and conquest to other parts of Europe. Not only would war be a definite result, so too would be the loss of the gospel in more countries. The gospel would be lost, and these are serious issues indeed. They said that today in France, British evangelicals um, say that, uh, uh, that, that the modern missionary... Uh, are no longer the most important place to go with Nigeria and Papua New Guinea or India. They say that in, uh, France overtook Kenya last year as the leading destination for British missionaries. It's further evidence that Europe, um, uh, that the, the, uh, the, there are more mediums and occult practitioners in France than there are registered doctors and practicing Muslims outnumber practicing evangelical Christians. Practicing Muslims outnumber practicing evangelical Christians 12 to 1. But it's changing. So you say, well, you can read it. It's changing. The ones we have are getting fired up. 
So, praise the Lord. And so they just elected a new president, and in the so streets you, of Pittsburgh. But it's changing. You ought to see our conferences. All then they're all going, yeah! You would never, we read these statistics. If you were to go to our conference over there in Paris, you would never believe that. Never believe it. Because when we're there, I mean, there are so, in fact, there was a pastor and his wife over there with us, and they said, man, your meetings are so great over here. What's the difference? And I told Cindy, I said, there's one difference. We're preaching the same thing. We're singing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. The only difference are the people sitting in the chairs. The ones who are listening. It's how you respond. It's how hungry you are. They're not just there just to kind of, you know, well, stay here until I go home and watch football and have my, you know, roast beef and turkey. No, no. They know that they're the answer. They're in the place yes. for God's plan and purpose. And You're I got news answer. for you, church. It's not just in France. It's in the United, United States, States of America. America. This is our hour and our day. Read, read that thing. You want to read it or do you want us to sing? Okay, we'll read it after. Yeah. I know we've got to go. I no, we don't. We're only here two meetings. We'll, we'll let you out. We still have to go, even we though we still only have, have two meetings. We'll it says, man, I'm in, I'm in, in services where it's six this hours. This was the long. letter no, that I mean, was By written. the end, you're like. This was the letter that was written after the, uh, the uh, after the, Cindy, do you want me to read this letter? Yeah, I want you to read After, the after that long, you're kind of like. Okay, after the president was elected in France a Sunday, last Sunday we were there. They were in the, the streets in France, and they were celebrating. And this letter uh, was written by one of the missionaries that were over there. And they said, tonight I sit in front of my television in France in total amazement. Nicolas Sarkozy has just won the election. We were awed by his simple victory. He had a mandate. Almost 86% of, of the French population voted out of 62 million people now. Put that in your pot and smoke it. At one point in the evening, uh, a number of popular singers, they, they had a, a jubilation in the streets, a concert to celebrate in the Place de la Concorde by the uh, Louvre in France. A number of singers, including immigrants, were showing their excitement by singing renditions of patriotic songs, inserting his name in the words. But then one of them, to celebrate the French-American friendship, started up singing, Oh, happy day substituting words like when Nicholas was born or when he came. But then a black gospel singer took up the microphone and began singing aloud and clear. When Jesus washed, he washed my sins away. The whole crowd, around 30,000 people who were in the square by the Louvre in Paris, France, the whole crowd began singing along. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. You know, it's illegal to testify and witness for Jesus in the streets of Paris. But a crowd of 30,000 with the newly elected president all started singing, Oh, happy oh, day! Jesus world! Jesus world! And I thought, Jesus world! I thought to myself, I wonder if our newly elected American president would sing that song. Oh! This was a major And they said, this is what they said. They said, I was blown away and I had a profound sense that France had just been spared something terrible. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing over our nation. Moses went and said, Lord, your mercy. Don't forget your mercy when he was praying for those people. He didn't say, Lord, oh man, these people are messed up. They're messed up so bad. I don't care what you do. No, he went and said, every prayer person who intercedes will always call on the mercy of God. Every true prayer person, every person is a person of prayer. 
will always call on the mercy of God. That's what I've been calling on for my country. I've been sensing a shift, and I haven't even said it to Lois and Ray. We've been sowing in our country for 29 years. Because I wouldn't leave our country until we were sowing. And I've been sensing a shift, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And it's like these people are calling and saying, hold a conference in our nation. Hold a conference in my nation. They're all seeing what's happening. And I thought, Lord, if we do that, we won't be able to travel in the United States very much. There's a dream. You got a dream? Your pastors have a dream. And you know what they do? They're some of the best examples of sowing into somebody else's dream I've ever met. That's why their dream is coming to pass. One guy got a phone call and they said, we're going to take up an offering by this guy, a big, big car, cost a lot of money. And so that he called another friend of ours and he said, did you get that call to give money toward that car? He said, that guy, he's rich. He don't need that car. And our pastor friend said, well, I'm not giving him the check because he needs it. He said, I'm giving a check because he's dreaming it. He said, I'm not giving it to what he needs. I'm giving it to his dream. You know, there's another way. There's, you can kind of click on up when you go. We had some other pastors, and they wrote us and said, listen, we're going to give into your dream. These pastors said, we're giving to your dream. You guys support us into our dream. It's not just our dream. It's God's dream. We're praying for your dream. Look at that property over there. Why? Because America, like the eagle, like the eagle, like the eagle, when it grows old and weary, it goes and, you know, it goes to its beak and it goes off in a rock and it beats that beak off and then it comes back again, revived and fresh and new. America, it was prophesied, would go through a dark time. But like the eagle, it's going to rise back up again. And it will be a dark hour when it does. But you mark my words this morning. We will be bright. Strongest revival will hit the church in that darkest place. And that's why they'll come. That's why you got to build it. They'll come. Build the field. They will come. It's kind of like that baseball. Build the field. They'll come. No. Build the church. They'll come. America is getting another chance. God bless America. Hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, 
and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.